Hi, this is Johnny Wimbry, and I want to invite you to step into the Wealth Development Club with me. I'm committed to awakening your inner wealth and increasing your financial wealth at the exact same time. So stay focused and join me in the Wealth Development Club with your host, Johnny Wimbry. Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I am Ken Walls and I am your host and listen to this, like for real. I'm I'm sit I'm literally sitting on the edge of my seat. Like this dude that I have on today is an international speaker, a multimillionaire. He's a multimillionaire creator. He is a leader in like I, I'm gonna let him tell you he's an international best selling author, like He's friends with, with uh, like, the list is too long. I'm just going to let him tell you. I want to welcome my good friend, Johnny Wimbry, to the show. Johnny, welcome to the show, man. You're muted. You're muted. You're muted. You're muted. You're muted. Sorry about that. What up, what up, what up man? Listen, I'm multitasking right now because I'm super excited about this interview, and I'm going live on my pages, on my phone, Instagram. I've never done this before. I'm taking you around the world, baby. Dude, I'm excited, man. You're I saw it just popped up and said Wimbry is live on on Instagram too, man. <laughs> Look, man, I'm holding my phone, man. I'm doing it old school. <laughs> old school. What up, Instagram? They're chiming in from all over the world right now. They're showing you love. I'm live right now man. on the Ken Walls show. Dude. This is your dude. show, man. I don't want to take it over. I'm extremely honored and pleased to be on your show, man. I know we're broadcasting live through Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, just all over the world, brother. Dude, this is awesome. This is awesome. So <laughs> as you know, man, I, I created this show. Um, you know, I, I know you came from a rough, rough background. I came from a rough background. And I think, you know, I've been very blessed in my life. And, and you know, I see a lot of people that they, they, they get stuck, man. They don't know how to get unstuck. So that's what this is about. It's called Breakthrough Walls. It's a play on my last name. And Love I know it. you're all about having breakthroughs, man. So this is just like the perfect fit, quite frankly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I'm actually producing a book right now called Breakthrough. I know. It, uh, I know. Featuring different authors from around the world. Uh, it, it, it's turning into a masterpiece. So the timing is perfect, my friend. I love it, man. I love it. So let's start with telling the audience, you know, who you are, where you were born and raised. Absolutely, man. Listen, so uh, my name is Johnny Wimbry. Uh, I wrote the book From the Hood to Doing Good. And uh, I'm from Fort Worth, Texas, uh, born and raised uh, on the east side of Fort Worth. Um, and, you know, to back it up just a little bit, my first memory in life was actually uh, living in a battered women's shelter. So I lived in a battered women's shelter um, in San Jose, California. The, you know, the, uh, the government um, protected my mother, moved uh, her and her three boys. I'm the youngest of three boys to San Jose. So, I mean, literally, you know, my first memory in life was living in a battered women's shelter. I remember going up to a refrigerator door and basically, you know, reaching my hand in to grab the milk. And I remember someone saying no. And, Whoa. you know, as as a kid being three years old, you know, that's how I found out that we were in a shelter because that milk belonged to another family. And, you know, I, I just didn't understand. It's a refrigerator and I'm home. Why can't I have any? But we were in a shelter with other families, and that's how I found out. That's when the reality hit. And that was at three years old. Yeah, and it's it's amazing because it's very vivid in my head, very vivid. Now, now, how how long were you how long were you in that that place as a kid? Um, 
You know, I started uh, kindergarten in San Jose. Uh, I finished. Uh, then we came back to Fort Worth where I would meet my father for the first time. And, and this, this is where I realized, you know, probably realized later in life. But um, the reality was bad. Bad husband doesn't mean bad father, because my father was the first stability that we've ever had in my life. He was a hard working man. He was a trash man. And this is in Fort Worth, Texas. So I finished the first grade in Fort Worth, Texas, and my mom picks us up for the weekend. We would live with my dad. Uh, he had a lot more structure. And uh, my mom would uh, virtually take us back to San Jose without permission. And um, I would do the second grade there. And I failed the second grade. My brother failed the fourth grade. And, you know, it was just really a lot, a lot of instability. And, um, um, it was rough, man. It was rough. And, yeah. and, you know, after I finished the second grade for the first time, um, my mother put us on an airplane, um, and sent us back to Texas. And she said, she said we'd be, she would be there in three weeks. I wouldn't see her for three years. So wow. my father would raise me from that day forward. So when my mother showed back up, you know, my brother Willie and I, who's 11 months older than I, we just basically decided to stay with my dad. Um, I, I don't know why we just felt that, you know, he didn't really do anything to deserve to have us out of his life again. And um, we just had stability and we had structure. My older brother, Larry, who went to go live with my mother, um, ended up getting in a lot of trouble. He, I mean, he's serving 40 years in prison right now. Oh. And and I say that to say this, you know, I'm not better than him. I just didn't get caught. You know, by the grace of God, there are a lot of things that I did as a teenager having a felony arrest. As a matter of fact, I couldn't get a regular job when I turned my life around. Um, at my uh, when I was 18 years old at my at my homeboy's funeral who was murdered uh, the night of the wake, which is the day before the funeral, we were invited. Um, and I don't want to skip over the story so fast. I tell it so much. And I want to get into the interview, but um, yeah. since I got into the story, I can't skip over it no, too much. Yeah, I, yeah, this is an important part. <laughs> yeah, so um, at my homeboy's funeral, he was 18. Uh, I was 18 years old, and um, we all had guns that night, and we were going to retaliate after paying respect. And, you know, crazy enough, my friend's mother stood before the casket and she said, I forgive the young man who killed my son. And you got to realize, you know, I was there to retaliate. And this is the most mature moment I had in my life. And a lot of times when I'm teaching, I'm coaching and <clears throat> sorry, when I'm coaching individuals, I tell them, you know, listen, you got to look for your moment. You got to hunt for your moment, almost like a sniper. You know, when a sniper is out of position, they can miss, you know, you know, they, they put lives in jeopardy. So this was my moment. And for some reason, I was paying attention. I was in position and I paid attention. And I had a moment, um, Ken, that said, you know, I don't love him like his mother. So if the mother had already found forgiveness, who am I to seek revenge? And that was a really big moment for me. Um, I got up and I gave my gun to the preacher and wow. I just basically said, I don't want to live this life anymore. And the very next day at the funeral, I would meet a young lady named Crystal, who now is my wife for over 20 years. Wow. I met her at uh, right <laughs> after the funeral. She was at the funeral. Are you serious, man? Yeah. So, so it's a movie. <laughs> I mean, for real. It's so. <laughs> So okay, so I, I want to back up to the the uh, the that moment. At eight, you're 18 years old. Yes, sir. You're you're, you're at you're at you're 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 at the the wake, right? Or yeah. the funeral. We're at the wake uh, okay. when the mother, because uh, we were invited to a private um, viewing, and I, it was probably a setup. You know, it was a setup to uh, to make sure that all of his friends are had had a right mindset. And that night, um, when she said that. It just really hit me in my heart that, you know, 
almost like I felt stupid. Like, who am I? Like the mother has found forgiveness. I go get revenge, but the mom has found forgiveness. It just, I, I just felt selfish. I felt, I felt out of place and, and it was a God moment. And I just happened to be paying attention. Wow, man. That's, yeah. that's incredible. So the, it wasn't like, was it, did you feel a shift though? Like a shift in your mindset just suddenly? I did. Um, but to be honest with you, um, I prayed that night because I've had that feeling before and, you know, and, I, and I've been distracted from the feeling after the feeling, you know, it's kind of like Zig Ziglar says, you know, motivation is like a shower. You need it every day. And, 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 right. it, and, and, it, and I'd have those moments where, you know, moments of clarity, moments of definition. But, you know, I'm a teenager and I don't know what I don't know. I don't right. know anything about personal development at this point in my life. All I know is the streets. You know, all I know is, you know, you know what I had to go home to. Yeah. And and I just remember that night I said, God, please send somebody in my life that can help me stay out of trouble. And in my mind, I'm thinking a mentor. I'm thinking somebody that I would listen to. You know, my brother, Willie, who's 11 months older than I am, he's an ordained minister. He's never been in trouble. You know, he was a kid that made me look bad and I'm the baby brother. (laughs) And, you know, and I knew that, you know, I, I knew he had impact in my life, but I also knew that I wouldn't listen to him. And I did not know that it would come in the form of a young lady where I would begin to act different around her. And when I was around her family, you know, I was like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I, I, I was that kid. I was I was really, really good at getting in trouble. And I was really, really, really good at not getting in trouble. And uh, so I could talk my way out of stuff because I can get the teachers laughing and get, you know, even police officers, I get them laughing and, oh, he's a good kid. And, you know, they, they let me go. It's really good at that. Um, but man, she really calls me to act different, to talk different, to walk different. And uh, I literally began to act like I was somebody else around her, which ultimately um, showed me and, and exposed me to the reality that, you know, there is a different world out there. Wow, man. So, so you, wow. Okay. So you had, you, you had this epiphany moment yeah. and, and you decided not to retaliate. You give your gun to the, the minister, the preacher and, and what's he say? Like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking for one of these. <laughs> You know, what's funny is he looked at me and he said, you know, you're not getting this back, right? <laughs> That's all I remember. He's like, you know, you're not getting this back, right? Not, you're not, I mean, I, I think he was proud of me. I think he had a moment, but it was more so, you know, you're not getting this back, right? <laughs> right. Uh, because, you know, you know, a lot of times people get caught up in the moment. They make decisions in the moment, yeah. but that moment doesn't, that moment doesn't last with them. Right. And I, I wanted that moment to last. Right, right. So, so you, um, so you, and then you said it was the next day that you met your wife. Yeah, she would be at the funeral. She was sitting on the same road that I'm sitting on. And I remember like, you know, some hot chicks and I'm like, I don't know these girls. Where are they from? Well, (laughs) my homeboy, we call him Mookie. My homeboy Mookie, who was murdered, you know, um, we had a, um, a middle school teacher named, um, Miss Crane, Mama and Pop Crane. They were the teachers that would just kind of keep you out of trouble, would go above and beyond. You know, when school was out, uh, we would hang out at their house. They they would take us for pizza and movies. And um, he was a minister, so they would take him to church. I never went to church with them, but Mookie did. So Mookie knew her. I didn't know her. So Mookie had this this different life that we didn't know about uh, because he was wanting to get his life better. Wow. And he just got caught up. He got caught up. Wow, man. So he knew he knew her. 
and and Crystal, right? That's your wife's Crystal. name, Crystal. Yeah. So yeah. so he knew Crystal, and what I mean, I, how do you? Uh, this this uh, I mean, but how do you pick up a chick at a funeral, man? <laughs> it sorry. was okay. So <laughs> nobody ever gets the story out of me, so I'm gonna give it to you. Uh, so we went um, after the funeral. After we went to the grave site, um, all the youth went back to Miss Crane's house, uh, Mama and Pop Crane's house, for a counseling session where the ministers were there, and um, they just kind of had a counseling session with us. And Crystal walked in with one of her friends. And I remember, you know, I'm on a piano playing um, uh, one of that song, you know, Chopsticks. Yeah. And two people can play it at the same time. So I'm playing it. And I'm like, does anybody else know how to play the other side of the song? And she says, I do. So she comes over there and sits next to me and she jacks the song up. But that's how, <laughs> that's how we met. <laughs> you said she jacked the song up. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully she's not watching yeah, oh, no, she knows <laughs> so, yeah so so that so that's how you met and then like so suddenly you found yourself um probably with someone that you never imagined being with somebody like that yeah i mean it was it, i knew um in my heart that i would not end up with a girl that was where i'm from um, I, I just knew that. And, and when I met her, she was just somebody different, you know, and, you know, I, you know, at, at Miss Crane's house, I kind of like, you know, I could tell she was into me and where I'm from, you know, a girl's into you, you know, I, I'm a tested, you know, to see, you know, how real she is. And I remember we're walking out of the house and I slapped her on the ass oh, and, uh, and, 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 and this is what did it for me. She turned around at me and she said, don't you ever disrespect me again. And I was like, ooh, this is my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow, Uh, man. That's freaking awesome, actually. That's awesome. (laughs) So, so, so Johnny, you like, okay, so you were at this point, though, you were still kind of a, I mean, I don't know how else to put it. You were kind of a, in that that still in that thuggish kind of mindset, right? Like, yeah. like yeah. what what happened though at that point? Because at some point, like, dude, you didn't like just like go, okay, I found her. I'm, I'm my 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 homeboy was was murdered. I was you know like you didn't just go, all right, I'm gonna be an international rock star now, right? <laughs> you know. um, when I met her, I was I was a rapper. Really? Uh, yeah, and and um, everything that I always did had to do with making money. Like, yeah. you know, when I was in the streets, you know, I was doing things I shouldn't have been doing. Right. Um, and you know, in, in the community, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm basically a, a part of the major issue in the community. Um, you know, I would, you know, sell weapons at school, um, sell drugs on the streets. And, you know, I'm 15, 16 years old and I'm becoming a product of my environment. Yeah. And, you know, when I met her, I always I I have never in my life, even, you know, being on welfare, sitting on sitting on a kitchen floor and and praying, you know, God is great. God is good. Let us thank us for this food. And, you know, we're mixing, you know, water and powder together just to make milk. 
Yeah. You know, we're you know, our, our, our peanut butter wasn't like everybody else's peanut butter. Our, our, our cheese wasn't like everybody else's cheese. Everybody's eating Cheerios. We're eating this big old clear bag of Cheerios that didn't have a label on it. You know, that was part of our life and, you know, still being grateful and even going through all that, even with everything that I've ever been through, you know, Ken, I don't remember a moment in my life ever entertaining that I would not be successful. Wow. I, I have never, ever entertained in my brain that I would not be successful. I always knew I would be successful. But the crazy thing is I didn't know what I didn't know. All I knew was my environment. So, you know, when I was rapping, you know, I wasn't rapping to be famous. I was rapping to be successful. Um, when, when I finished, when, when I finished high school, I, I went, um, I went to an acting school. So I got a, I got an associate's degree of acting in theater right now. So camera on air tech, um, you know, techniques and, yeah. and acting and all that stuff. I, I just knew that I needed, I knew I was a personality. I just didn't know what I didn't know. And, um, everything, even going to acting school, I, it had nothing to do with being famous. I had an agent my first semester in acting school. Nobody else in my class has, you know, had an agent. Um, and so I'm, I'm starting to audition and do commercials and things like that. And it had everything to do with making residual income. And so everything that I was doing from that point on was preparing to take care of her, to take care of Crystal. I've never entertained the fact that she would ever have a job. So I've always had the mindset that she would always have the, op the option. Yeah. So when I was 20 years old, I finished acting school. I became a temporary license um, um, insurance agent. I sold health and life insurance. In the state of Texas, you can get a temporary license. And right at the 90 day mark, you have to get your official license. Within 90 days, I became one of the top 50 producers in, in the United States. And, 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 and the crazy thing is I had no idea what I was doing. I just copied my manager. I did exactly what he said. I said exactly what he said. And I always tell people, man, if you're coachable and trainable and teachable, you'll be unstoppable. It's not about being educated. It's about being coachable. And um, so it came time for me to have to take the license to get my insurance test. And um, I took it. I failed it the first time. I came back the next week, took it again. I made a 69. You have to make a 70. So I remember going back and studying four questions that I didn't know just so I could make over a 70. So I made a 72 when I passed. I got my license. I sent it into the state of Texas. I got a letter in the mail that said, you know, we're sorry to inform you, but you can't represent the state of Texas because you have a felony arrest. Oh, so here I am, you know, wanting to get my life right. I'm busting my ass to get life right. I'm 20 years old. I just turned 21 and I'm getting denied. And there's a side of me that had a moment, you know, where I had to make a decision. Either I can get bitter or I can get better. I could become the victim or I could become the victor. And there was a side of me that said, you know what? Screw the system. I'm going back to the streets. They don't want to give me another chance. I don't need them. And there's right. another side of me, another side of me that said, you know what? You weren't a punk in the streets. You weren't weak in the streets. Why do you want to be weak right now? You know, the number one reason that people aren't successful is because they're afraid to take risk. My entire life was a risk. Right, I was on the right. corner. Every moment of my life was a risk. So I brought that risk factor into the business world that turned me into a millionaire. Um, but I, I, I remember calling the courthouse in Fort Worth. And I called the judge and I knew that he knew my uncle because me and my uncle had the same name, Johnny Wimbry. Yeah. And and I asked him, you know, I talked to the uh, to, to the clerk and I said, will you have the judge please write a letter on my behalf? 
I'm really working to change my life around. Can you just write a letter that says, you know, give this kid another chance? Give him another chance. Wow. And and that doesn't really mean anything. The, the, the state of Texas doesn't have to pay attention to that. I sent this letter in, and I can't even tell you why I came up with that idea. I just knew that I needed something. I needed a bigger voice that just said, man, give this guy a chance. He's really wanting to turn his life around. And and they, I sent the letter in. And wow. two weeks two weeks later, a letter comes in the mail from the state of Texas, and I open it up. My license is in it. They didn't say they didn't. It wasn't a letter. It wasn't anything. It was just my license. It was and, your insurance license. Yeah, and dude, and and, and 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 it taught me something. And I teach all of my clients around the world this: that listen, you have to participate in your rescue. You know, oh. you can declare whatever you want. You, you can write as many declarations. You can come up as you know with with as many um you know uh, um, um you know you repeating um declarations and you know I'm the head and not the tail you know faith without work is dead and I had to put the work in I prayed but you got to get off your knees to go to work right yep. so number one thing that I tell people you know I I've, I've got people in my life and when you introduce me the best thing that I the, the one of my biggest attributes that I love it's not the fact that I've made millions, but I've created millionaires. Yeah. I've met people who had worse lives than I have that are millionaires today because they were just coachable. And I worked with them for two or three years. And, you know, I, you know, and, and because of what they did, they participated in the rescue. So if but, you don't get anything else out of this interview, you got to participate in your own rescue. I, I, I got to ask you this, though, man, because I, I think, you know, you said something and I actually wrote it down. Um, you said that you always knew you were going to be successful. <clears throat> Here's the thing. That, for most people, is not an, an, an innate ability. Like, it's not built in. Like, you're, yeah. you're like, how, you know, think about all the people out there, uh, uh, out of 7.5 billion people on this planet that <laughs> don't have that, that have the self-doubt, that have the, the, they don't have that built in. I kind of feel the same way about myself a, a little bit, but I've had some self-doubt along the way when you hit a right. failure. Like when they say, sorry, we don't allow felons to have a, an insurance license in Texas. Did right. you not feel it? For, I mean, how do you overcome the the self-doubt? How do you get to that place? Or is it is it just something you're born with and you're just lucky? You're either going to get pissed off or you're going to allow it to piss you on. I love it. So here's the deal. I could get pissed off. I know how to get pissed off. Right. I didn't know how to get – I didn't know how for it to turn me on. See, there are things that happen in your life, and, and the, the bottom line is it's not necessarily what happens in your life. It's what you allow to happen in you when it happens to you. And I just didn't want to let that ha to happen inside me. I've been rejected before. I know how to kick through doors. I know how to you know make things happen. I know – you know, I <laughs> I know how to get to where I need to be against adversity. That was my entire life, my entire life. So it's not about the fact that I never entertain not being successful. It was about me being able to tap into the characteristics of what successful people do. And here's the deal. You show me anybody who's successful at one thing. I can show you how to be successful at all things. It's the exact same energy. It's the exact same mindset. So here it is. You show me somebody who's successful at being at work every day on time. Show me a single mother who's successful at getting three kids dressed every morning to get to school on time. Every morning. 
That's success. Yeah. So if you could be successful in that area, you could be successful in any area. The problem is we entertain obstacles when it comes to financial success, but we don't entertain the obstacles when it comes to getting your kids to school on time because you see that as something that you must do. So you want to be successful, but you must get the kids to school on time. You see the difference? Yep. If, yep. You could turn, if you could turn your wants into a must, it's not that I want to be successful. I must be successful. I got to leave an inheritance for my children's children. It was nothing that I ever entertained not being able to do. So if, if you know, we're successfully videoing right now, we're successfully live in your studio. We're successfully live in my studio. If I'm successful at one thing, I can be successful at all things. All I have to do is transfer the exact same energy over to a new area. I, I recently posted something on Facebook in, in that regard. I, it was like, turn, instead of instead of having I wants, make them I must haves. Absolutely. Like, and I talk about that in my book. Oh, and, you know, yeah, my book, From the Hood to Doing Good, there's oh, a whole yeah. chapter, How Do You Turn Your Wants Into a Must? And it's yeah. a mindset. It's an attitude. People don't say, I want to pay my taxes. They say, I got to pay my taxes. I must right. pay my taxes. Right. And the typically, typically the reason that people will attach a must to something they have to do, it's because of negative consequence. I must pay my taxes or I go to jail. Right. 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 So, so if you can turn, if you can attach it to something that's bigger than just a want, you know, I got, I must be successful so I can leave an inheritance for my children's children. That's something I must do. It's not even an option. Right, right. So that's that's the shift. That's how you get that. That's how you get that mindset that, that yeah. you were talking about that you always knew because you took your your wants and made them have must. Yes. must. Yeah, you got to do it. I love it. it. I love it. So so um, my wife's on here. She said, from the hood to doing good, a must read. <laughs> I agree a thousand percent. So, so, so you, so here you are, 18 years old, 19 years old, met, met the love of your life and, and you start, um, on, on your journey. Yeah. Um, what, what happened next along the way? Where did you, like, what did you start doing? So I sold health and life insurance and um, probably until the point where I was 23 years old, okay. I started selling um, home security systems at the exact same time. And, you know, when I was selling health and life insurance, I ended up getting a contract and moving up on my contract to the point where I was a regional marketing director, which basically meant I had the, um, I was actually a regional vice president. And so I started recruiting for the state of Texas and Oklahoma for traditional health and life insurance. And. So my job was to recruit and to find other agents and, you know, mass mailings and things like that. The company would pay for it, but I would interview them and recruit them over the phone and get them started. So I ended up taking the attention off what I was really good at, which was producing. I didn't really know how to manage people, but I knew how to produce. I knew how to recruit, but I didn't know how to produce. I mean, I know how to, I know how to produce, but I got into the mindset of, you know, recruiting. And so I ended up training and being the voice and motivating other agents. And I ended up going in debt because I stopped producing and I became the motivational, you know, um, um, uh, recruiting agent, which was good, but I didn't know how to get them to produce. I knew how to get me to produce. So long story short, I got involved with a uh, multi-level marketing when I was 25 years old. Okay. And um, I was the guy who said I would never do it. I was the guy. I mean, you give me 20 reasons to join your company. I would give you 20 reasons why you need to quit. And I was really <laughs> good at it. And I was really good at it. And because I was I was 
I was repeating what my boss said. Right. And all I remember, I'm coachable. Right. So my, my, my boss had said, you know, stay focused and don't get distracted. Well, not getting distracted. I ended up ended up being fifty thousand dollars in debt at the age of twenty five. So I'm double my age in debt. Jeez. So I got involved with network marketing, got super excited about it. I started doing presentations and meetings in, in my insurance office and my boss made a deal with me. You know, if I didn't quit, he'd let me use the office at night to do presentations. Well, I ended up recruiting him, recruiting his his boss and and it just kind of took a life of its own. And I kind of fell in love with the network marketing concept because I could really help people become successful. And I've made millions in the network marketing industry, which took me into the speaking industry where I've made millions as a speaker as well. Good Lord, man. And 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 to think you're only like 28. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 43 now. That was a that was a uh, wow. That was about 18 years ago. Wow, man. That's that's incredible, though. That's crazy. So, dude. so the the network marketing company. Um, so you ended up getting into it, the network yeah. marketing. And 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 you've always been in it, same company, or have you had? No, 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 no. The company, the first company I've ever was ever in, only lasted lasted ten months after I joined. But uh, at that point, I got the taste. I got the taste in my mouth, and so I joined another company, and then another company. Yeah. And right around my third or fourth company, I got so frustrated that I said, you know what? I'm going to be a voice to the network marketing industry instead of being a distributor. I didn't trust anybody. I didn't, you know, I didn't know what owners I could trust, yeah. and I just basically got to the point where I said, if I'm going to put all my energy into anything, I'm going to put my energy into me because if I let me down, I can deal with that. Right. When other people let me down, it's, it, it, you know, it's a very tough blow. And so I started branding myself, you know, started speaking all over the world. I got in, you know, I got connected with Les Brown and Les Brown took me under his wing as his protege. And, you know, to this day, you know, Les will tell you that, um, you know, his most successful student that he's ever worked with is me. And, you know, I get calls and emails from all over the world saying, you know, Les is talking about you on stage right now. And I just really learned the industry of speaking. Um, you know, there are a lot of voices that are out there that are great speakers, but they don't understand the business of speaking. Les Brown taught me the business of speaking. And, you know, since I've met Les Brown, you know, that was probably 20, 28, 29 years old. Um, and, you know, I've, I've made over $43 million since I've met Les Brown. If I, if I combine combining the speaking industry as well as the personal development world and the network marketing world, you know, while I'm talking to you right now, I have, I have over a hundred thousand distributors, um, and, um, and, um, 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 customers around the world in over 34 countries. Um, and, and, and that creates residual income. And, and that's what I teach people to do, man. I teach people how to own their life. You know, when I meet somebody who says, Johnny, I want to be a professional speaker, you know, well, I've invested over a hundred thousand dollars into my life as a professional speaker. I've invested well over a hundred thousand dollars in a personal development in seminars and learning how to become a leader. Yep. So people tell me that the first thing I the first thing I ask them is, well, how much are you willing to invest us to participate in what you say you want? Right. I, I and. and so that's, that's how you get rid of people real fast. There, there's no, there's no, there, <laughs> what's, what's the, uh, what's the, the saying? There's no such thing as a free lunch. Like, like, I mean, you can, yeah, you can get stuff for free, but that, that's not going to build success. Yeah. And you know what? When people want to do things for me for free, I don't trust it because I've spent so much money investing. Right. You know, Les Brown never gave me anything for free. Right. He made me invest. As a matter of fact, 
um, I met him one day in Dallas and I went to his hotel room and we were just talking and he was mentoring me. And he said, you know, and he knew I was serious about becoming a speaker. And he said, well, why don't you join my speakers network? And I and he said, it's ten thousand dollars. And I said, well, I don't have that. He said, you come up with half of that before tonight. I'll put you on stage tonight. Like what? Snap. Wow. So I left him and I was excited and depressed at the exact same time because I didn't, number one, I don't ask anybody for money. I just don't. That's not me. Right. And I remember having to call my stepmother and I said, you know, Joyce, you know, there's a famous speaker in town and his name is Les Brown. And, and, and he said that if I can come up with half of his fee to join his network, he'll put me on stage tonight. And I said, if he puts me on stage tonight, my life will never be the same. I know what I'm capable of doing. And she said, where are you? And I said, I'm driving home. And she said, come by my come by my work. I have I'll give you twenty five hundred dollars. So one phone call. Remember, you got to participate in your rescue. That's right. And, hard, and, I, I, and that was one of the hardest phone calls I've ever made in my life because I'm independent. I've never asked anybody for anything. And um I hung up the phone and my homeboy Tony calls me. My homeboy Tony from, you know, back when we were in the streets. And now he owns a construction company. He's turned his life around. He's doing well. He calls me and I say, you know, hey, what up, Tony? He said, hey, man, where you at? I said, listen, man, let me call you back. I need to come up with $2,500. I'm going to get on stage tonight with Les Les Brown. And I didn't even know he knew who Les Brown was. He said, Les Brown, the motivational speaker? I said, yeah, how do you know who he is? (laughs) And he was just speaking at my church the other day in Dallas. I said, yeah, that Les Brown. He said, where are you? And <laughs> it's hard for me to talk about because he, he, he said, where are you? And I said, you know, I'm driving down this freeway. I'm headed home. And he said, meet me at the gas station. And before I, before I can get to my mother's job, my stepmother's job, I already collected $2,500. So I showed up that night and I gave him $5,000 cash and he put me on stage. Wow. And and you got to under he only put me on stage for like five or ten minutes. I ended up selling more product than Les Brown that night. Wow. And my life has never been the same. And and you got to ask yourself, did Les Brown need my money? No. <laughs> yeah. He was he was forcing me to participate in my own rescue. Yeah. So when I'm coaching people. And I'm talking to people. I can I, I can demand certain things out of them from a certain level of authority because I had to do it, too. So I have a speaker's training course. You know, if you're watching this right now and you want to become a professional speaker, you know, reach out to me. You know, go to Wimbry.com. I want to help. You know, I'm having so much fun right now, Ken. Yeah. Helping other people establish what I've established. I'm having more fun duplicating myself than I am of elevating myself. Dude, and, I wasn't, I, and, and that's, I got to say this about you because I, I just recently got to know you. You're a client of mine. I'm going to plug, yes. I'm going to plug myself, but you're, Absolutely. and, and you've be, you've become a good friend of mine. And I don't think that just one time, I think you were walking on stage in Vegas. I, I tried to call you and you sent me the voicemail. <laughs> it's <laughs> the only time you've never answered my call. I was like, I, was in front I of don't care, man. Take me on, on stage with you. <laughs> You're like, I charge 5000 for that. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, I was on stage in Vegas, and now I'm getting ready to go to Florence, Italy this week to be on stage in front of a few thousand people, entrepreneurs. Um, I'm speaking at GoPro uh, with Eric Worre, uh December, and I just had another offer for Mexico City. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to take it, um, um, and I had an offer to go to Nigeria as well. A lot of things are happening right now, and, and you know what's really cool is? There are times where I'm sending my speakers to go speak on my behalf because I can't make it. Wow. Um, Dude, that and that's so exciting awesome. for me, man. It's, it's really exciting. That's, that's so awesome. So, you know, you are like you're the epitome of, of real success. Take all the money away. Take the yeah. – what, what is that white car you're driving around? Is that a Maserati? <laughs> yeah, I have a Maserati. Yeah. Yeah, take away all of the the money, the stuff, a, uh, and we 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 drive matching cars. She has the Bentley version. <laughs> I have the Maserati. But oh, why does she get the Bentley? <laughs> yeah, white. Uh, it's it's a white with a black top. Both That's of them are right. white with a uh, red interior. I saw it. It's beautiful, beautiful. And and your wife is absolutely stunning. My wife and I were looking through your stuff. I was creating the um, the promo stuff for the show last night, and so I'm uh-huh. I'm like stalking all your Facebook pictures and stuff. <laughs> so so well, and and like you know, I I don't even know how many times you've been on on uh, Steve Harvey's show, but let's talk about that a little bit. Like, dude, when did yeah. that happen, and how? So. <laughs> You know what? Um, I think the first time I was on his show is because of the white Bentley. Oh, for real? I, I, I kind of pranked my wife uh, for, I think it was Valentine's Day or Mother's. I think it was Valentine's Day. I pranked her and um, I got her um, an, an, an Escalade, which she's always had an Escalade. I just upgraded it. Yeah. And she, she thought that was her gift and it really wasn't. So after I showed her the Escalade, she was excited, but, you know, she kind of expected it. Um, cause I replaced the Escalade maybe every three years yeah. and, um, so it's probably her fifth one. So it was a gag gift. Um, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> a platinum Escalade was a gag, yeah, a gift. gag gift. Right. Wow. So then I open up the garage and I'm videoing this, I'm documenting it. And, um, and I open up the garage and it's a convertible Bentley right in front of her and she freaks out. Like, <laughs> you know, she's in her like scarf and you know, it's early in the morning, the kids are there and she freaks out. And that video went viral. Um, wow. And I remember when I interviewed uh, with the producers of the Steve Harvey show, they brought up the Bentley. So I'm like, how do you guys know about that? So that's how we found you. That video went viral. <laughs> wow. Are you serious? That was my first time on the show. Um, and we did the um, um, how to become a millionaire segment. Yep. And um, I was back on the show again, working with some knuckleheads, having problems in school. And yeah. typically, you know, um, you know, th- there's a lot of stuff that's out there where I'm featured on other people's show um, as a guest, as, as a guest appearance and, a, you know, or a guest authority on somebody else's show. Yeah. And last week in Hollywood, nobody knows this yet. I guess they're about to know. <laughs> um, I flew in for a one day um, trip. I didn't even take any bags. I flew into L.A., had some um, pretty big production meetings and prayerfully um, we'll be talking about my own show very soon um, oh. that we're working on right now. Dude, that is incredible. Wow. Thank you. Uh, but nothing, yep. I mean, you can't, n- nothing compares to being on Ken Wall's show. Let's just get right. Ah, yeah, yeah. This is, <laughs> this is the highlight, baby. This is the highlight. I've been, I'm, I'm super excited right now in my life. You know, I've shared the stage with Les Brown, Jim Rohn, late, late, great, you know, Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy, Dr. John Gray. And now I get to say that I have <laughs> been on the Ken Wall show. This is a peak 
level experience in my life and I'm honored to be here. Oh, that's awesome, dude. No, so, so dude, you've done, and I, I've been, look, you already know, I've been blowing you up on Instagram and Facebook. Oh, and I've been really, really excited about this, dude, because I know your story. I know the backstory. I know, I know what you've been through and, and there's nothing I love more at all than, and it's like everybody else, man. Everybody loves a comeback story. Everybody, you know, yeah. Everybody and, loves a comeback story, and you've done it, man, and you're continuing to do it. And when I said you're the epitome of success, what I mean by that truly is if you take away all the stuff, you take away all the toys, the money, the cars, everything, deep down inside of Johnny Wimbry at the heart level, you're just a good dude that likes to help other people. Thank you. That, that means a lot to me that you would figure that out about me so fast um, in such a short you know, friendship. And and to me, you know, I'm doing collaboration books right now. And the whole idea about these books is to feature other people who have strong stories that would never be heard. So I'm using my platform to launch the platform of the next voices um, that are going to be coming up in the personal development world. And, you know, if you're watching this right now and you, if, if you've ever thought about becoming a best-selling author, if you ever wanted to be an author, I'm, I'm working with books right now and I'm looking for authors for 2019. You know, go to CoStarAuthor.com www.costarauthor.com. Look at that page, answer the questions, and my office will call to interview in the next 24 hours. You know, we've had people in the last four months, in the last four months um, from around the world that will have a professional book in their hand before Christmas because we interviewed them this past summer. And the thing is, listen, if I'm telling you that I can make you a best-selling author. If I'm telling you I can catapult your voice to the world, your story to the world, we have ghostwriters, we have professional line editors, book designers. We do everything from start to finish. We do it all at Wimbry Training Systems here in my offices. And I'm telling you I can help you. Yep. And you're still saying, well, what if it doesn't work? Or maybe <laughs> it's not for me. Listen, you have to participate in your rescue. I mean, you'd be amazed on how many people who have told me, Johnny, I want to become a speaker. I have a story to tell. Well, here's the deal. There's so many speakers that are out there. But when you become a published author, that's a glorified business card that gets you through doors that, that your voice can't get. You see, when I walk in and I say, hey, I'm Johnny Wimbry. I would love to speak for your company. This puts me at the head of any other speaker that came in before me that's not a speaker, that, that, that's not an author. Why? Because it shows that I've invested in who I say I am. Right. So, you know, you may not have $30,000 to produce, you know, a top quality book, but I can show you how to do that for the fraction of a cost by co-authoring a book with me. So I'm helping people elevate themselves and launch their platform by simply helping to become a published author, walking them from the, the you know, the, the first sentence down to the last sentence and helping them create a masterpiece type chapter. So again, you know, costarauthor.com, costarauthor.com. Go there right now. I mean, I, I don't really know how to put the emphasis on the fact that you got to go, you got to, you got to get from the place of just talking about what you want to do and participating in what you say you want in life. I love it, man. I freaking love it. So, Thank let, you. Let, and don't go there right now. Go there after the show's over. Yeah, absolutely. It's gonna be over. <laughs> 
We don't close shop. We're looking for 2019. We're starting the interviews right now. That's right. So, so listen, I, you know, I, back to the, the, the part about getting unstuck, hitting the wall and not being able to get through it. If somebody it, like, you know, well, let me ask this first. What do you think the number one thing is that, that keeps people stuck in the muck and they can't get out and they can't figure it out and they can't succeed in life? Belief. It's, I mean, it's literally belief, believing that you don't deserve it. Like the only reason that you wouldn't take a step is because you counted yourself out. Mm. And, and here's what I want you to know. Until you count yourself in, you'll never elevate in life. You know, my core message is increase. You've got to increase mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and you've got to participate and you've got to have belief in yourself that you deserve it. I mean, look at me, you know, young punk kid from the hood. Earliest memory of life living in a battered women's shelter, you know, went through a lot of hell in life, you know, failed the second grade, had a felony arrest as a teenager, couldn't get a regular job because I had a felony arrest. But the bottom line is, listen, William Ward said something that changed my life forever. William Ward said adversity causes some people to break but it causes others to become record breakers. The only reason that you would become stuck is because you park. The worst thing you can do in the midst of hell is park. You got to keep moving. You got to get out of hell. Don't park in hell. Wow. People man. become stuck. You become stuck because the lack of belief in you. And, and 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 I can convince you in 5 minutes you were born to win. And once you subscribe to the possibilities that you were born to win, you'll start moving. You'll get out you'll get unstuck. I love it, man. I freaking love it. So Wimbry.com is where everybody can follow you. But my last yeah. and this is my final real question for you. And yes, I sir. ask everybody I have on the show this same exact question. I've been through and and a lot of it's my own own fault. I'm a recovered alcoholic, sixteen years sober, man. I, I congratulations. I, I had I had a, a really tumultuous uh life prior to wow. getting sober. Congratulations, brother. Thank you, thank you, man. But so I'll drink so, to that. <laughs> I'll drink to that. So so you know, my <laughs> thing is this though, man, like if somebody came to called you, got a hold of you and said, Johnny, man, I don't know what to do. My electric's being shut off tomorrow. My car was repossessed last week. I, 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 my wife's leaving me. My dog died. My everything's going wrong in life, man. I just don't know what to do. What is the first thing you're going to say to them to help get them over that hump and into the game? I'd say go write a really good country song. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Listen. Play it backwards. Right. Play it backwards. Get them all back. So here's the deal. Life happens. It happens to all of us. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Life is going to throw you a curveball. The problem is you weren't prepared for it. Les Brown taught me it's better to be prepared and not called than it is to be called and not prepared. Mm. Most people will wait for life to hit them against the uh, against the face and and slam up against the wall before they get prepared. So if you're listening to me right now, if that hasn't happened to you yet, preparation is key. You've got to have a mentor. You've got to have people in your life that can mentor you. I have mentoring programs that I prepare people for the good, the bad, and the ugly. But here's the thing. You're not unique. It happens to us all. 
you've got to surround yourself around the thinking that outthinks you. Let me repeat that. You have to surround yourself around the thinking that outthinks you. The worst thing that you can do while you're going through hell is to be subject to your own thinking. Professor Einstein says the thinking that gets you into a situation doesn't possess the thinking to get you out. Let me repeat it. The thinking that gets you into the situation doesn't possess the thinking to get you out. So if you find yourself what what I would call in the midst of hell, you probably have stopped. So it feels like hell is compounding up against you. But the reality is you're only listening to you. I feel sorry for people who are only subject to their own thinking. I don't even trust my own thinking. I surround myself around the thinking that outthinks me. So when I find myself in a situation of adversity, I'm not going to be there long because I have other voices that are uplifting me and empowering me to get out of the situation. And and that okay, so you you just you said earlier you've made 43 million dollars as a speaker. Since I met Les Brown. <clears throat> What's that? Since you met Les Brown, met and, Brown. And, and you don't trust your own thinking when you're in the midst of hell. I love it, dude. I, well, I mean, <laughs> here's what I mean by that. It's my thinking that got me there. Right. So why would I trust my thinking to get me out? Right. I love it, man. I, I, love I mean, it. I'm, I like cheating and cheating is borrowing other people's thinking. Right. Like, why would I submit myself to my own thinking if I want to catapult my life? And catapulting my life means I got to surround myself around people who outthink me. I love it, I man. Love it. I love it. I love it. What yeah. are some last words, last final words you want to spit out to everybody? Just, just blow them up, man. Get them <laughs> fired up. I would say this, you know, adversity causes some people to break. It causes others to become record breakers. That's William Ward, right? Yep. You do not. And I want you to hear what I'm about to say. Never consult your past to determine your future Mm -hmm. where you where you come from doesn't have to dictate where you're going. When you consult your past to determine your future, you'll you'll find yourself entertaining obstacles instead of opportunities. Whatever you focus on expands. We hear this all the time. Right. The Bible says that as a man thinks in their heart. As they think in their heart, so are they. That's what you become. Your character is being developed by your thinking. Right. So if you if if you find yourself entertaining more obstacles than opportunities, that's why you're attracting more obstacles, because whatever you are focused on, it's going to expand. If I can get you to the place where you are focused on more opportunities than you are obstacles, that's increase in every area of your life. You deserve increase and increase is not a gigantic step. It's just a step forward. Increase is just not taking a step backwards. It's refusing to stay still. And here's what I tell people. Staying still is is moving backwards because if one person in the world advances and you didn't, that means you're behind them now. That means you went backwards. So if you just create a lifestyle of perpetual increase mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you know, if, if you think about what you went through, you know, conquering alcoholism. If you yeah. think about what you what you went through, you know, it's a progressive step. Yeah. You know, you didn't get there overnight. You're not going to get out overnight, but you can flip the switch and start the process right now. Most people won't start the process because they want to get out overnight. Well, right. you didn't get there overnight. We want we want I, I can remember <clears throat> back when I first got sober. I mean, dude, like and, and I'm not breaking anonymity because he's public about it. But Eric Clapton, the famous guitar player. Like he, he, I'm in the Columbus, Ohio area. The dude was going to meetings around here 
Wow. Guys worth what six, seven hundred million dollars and, and sitting in meetings dressed like a bum so nobody'd recognize him, right? <laughs> so like but I can remember seeing these people having these friends that are driving the Bentleys, that are driving the the Ferraris, the Mercedes, the everything, going to AA meetings. And I remember thinking, I want that right now. I deserve that right now. I want that now. I want $43 million now. I don't want to have to work for 20 years for that. Give me what's mine, right? Right. So most people know that's not reality. So they don't. You're exactly right. They don't do what you're talking about. They don't take that first right. step. And anytime you entertain the obstacles, that's what you're going to produce. And if you think that time is an obstacle, if you think that, you know, the process of working your ass off to get what you want is an obstacle, you're always going to see it as an obstacle. And here's the thing. I look at time. You know, if I got to bust my ass for 36 months of my life to change my life forever, yep. that's way better than working for somebody else for 40 years, hoping one day I'll retire with the watch and get half the money that I couldn't live on anyway. Dude, like the, the, you've spit so much gold that like <laughs> like the, the, you could break down the freaking Federal Reserve with this stuff. Man. This is insane. <laughs> So listen, Johnny, I, I know your time is incredibly valuable. I'm so grateful that you took the time to come on the show. And man, wow, you've man. you've lit this show on fire, man. Like Thank seriously. You, man. This is your first this is my first time on your show. First time, that's right. Which which means we're gonna do it again and again and again. Uh, dude, I appreciate I'm, you, man. Maybe, and I'll maybe have we you on just my need show. to do a show where 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 I'm the devil's advocate and you're just like motivating me. <laughs> <laughs> I love those kind of atmospheres, man. I love yeah. those kind of atmospheres. It's been an honor and a pleasure, brother. Continue to do what you do. I, I d definitely want you on my show in the Wealth Development Club. Awesome. Um, we do interviews and, you know, we can break some stuff down. Thank you what you're doing for me. You know, yeah. me and my offices right now with your professional services, I greatly appreciate you. Thank you. And, and, and it just goes to show, guys. And, and, and here's the bottom line. If you are investing in what you say you want in life, you're lying to you. Oh. And, and and the worst thing you can do is lie to you. When 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 you lie to you, the enemy is enemy. It's inside me. When I lie to myself, when Johnny Wimbrey lies to himself, the enemy is in me. It's inside me. It's inner me. Wow. Don't lie to you. Don't lie to you. You can't say you want something and then not participate in what you say you want. Dude, that, that just like you can't even talk without spitting gold. It's insane. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it's in me though. It can't come out if it's not in there. I, I know, I know, but like you can't even like have a normal conversation without spitting freaking gold, man. It's just like boom, boom, boom. Look out! Here comes another gold nugget. That is so true, man. I, and you. I want to say this to everybody because I've been seeing it pop up on Facebook. Thank you to everybody who shared this out. One thing you'll find about success from me, from Johnny, who you've reached some levels I, I hope to get to. But like, you know, like we, you know, most successful people are, are givers. They, they love to share with other people. 100%. Thank you to everyone who shared this out, man. That's that's so powerful. Johnny, yeah. thank you so much, man. Let's do this again thank you. very, very soon. Maybe I should be in Italy with you. I don't know. But, uh... <laughs> Bring it. I dare you. <laughs>
Hey, listen, so we're live on Instagram right now. People are tuning in from all over the world. I don't think I've ever had an interview where I held my phone the entire time. Wow. Uh, but I wanted to get this out to my uh, my database as well. Guys, this is Ken Walls. Research them. Check them out. Breaking Through Walls with Ken. This is what we do, baby. We empower people um, for life. Again, if you want to become a published author, go to CoStarAuthor.com. CoStarAuthor.com. Dot com. If you want to become a speaker, go to speakforcash.com. I'll tell you and show you and teach you how to turn your words into wealth. Wow. So awesome. Thank you. Appreciate Thank everybody you. on your Instagram. Tell them Instagram all to follow me. You love, man. They're showing you love right now. Real from all Ken over Walls. Follow me. So listen, I'll thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you to everybody on Facebook. And Johnny, have an unbelievable day, man. Thank you. Thank you brother. Appreciate I look forward you. to... Uh, cracking the code together and reaching new heights of wealth we've never seen before. I'm you excited. and I will do that together, brother. All right. Thanks, bro. Guys, God have bless a great you, day. Love to the family. All right. Same to yours, man. All right, brother.